Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of person ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish. Well, I don't know about you, but these sort of fire and brimstone scripture passages during Advent always seem to me a little bit jarring. You know, this idea of uh, flames sweeping across the earth and the earth dissolving. I mean, what we want is that little baby in the manger. We want the, the sweet story of Mary and Joseph and the star in the sky. We don't want fire and brimstone. I, I don't think I've ever heard someone during Advent say, I can't, I can't wait till we get the earth dissolving and those flames coming down from above. But, you know, the truth is there are these two sides to Advent. That there is this remembering the baby born in the manger. And there is this praying for the return of Christ in all his glory. And, and that return is something we, we really don't know what that will be like. But we have to remember that when 2 Peter was written, these early Christians, they weren't celebrating Advent and remembering the birth of Christ. They were hoping and praying and yearning and longing for Christ to return and to finish what was begun. This was not, this baby in the manger was not ancient history to them. Many of them could still recall Someone who saw Jesus in the flesh. So these early Christians were in fact focused on that final consummation of all things. 
And it, it, it's kind of no wonder that they should have these sort of uh, fiery and uh, destructive images of everything bad being swept away because honestly, the, the life for first century Christians would have been so very difficult. So, I mean, think about the persecution and the martyrdom they faced uh, from the powers of Rome because they wouldn't worship and bow down to Caesar. And, of course, they, they faced a lot of criticism from the Jewish authorities who were, who were complaining that they were engaged in idolatry. They faced a lot of difficult things. And, and you know what? If you go back to the first century, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live like that. I mean, think about no running water, no electricity, no refrigeration for food, no microwave food. <laughs> if you don't cook it, you're not eating it. There was no heat no regular bathing, there was no medical care, there was no transformation. You know, wait, they didn't even have band-aids and aspirin. To live in the ancient world was to face constant dangers and constant struggles and all this strife and all uh, being under attack for being a Christian. In, in many ways, you can understand why they would be ready for the Savior to return and, and end the difficulty and misery that they were experiencing. And I think we today are not so very different from those ancient Christians. I mean, all you have to do is stop and, and really reflect it back upon this year, 2020. And I don't mean just the pandemic with the unbelievable, heart-wrenching number of lives that have been lost and the prospect for more and the, the grieving and the exhausted doctors and nurses. and Yes, there's all of that that we hope and pray will come to an end in the new year. But remember, there were these raging forest fires in the West that burned for months and were virtually apocalyptic. There were these hurricanes in the south, one after another, and incredible flooding and damage as a result. There have been African Americans shot in the streets in their homes and protests to follow. There have been protests around masks. There have been protests around political campaigns and elections. And there have been so many other things, record levels of unemployment, record levels of evictions, record levels of hunger. It's no wonder that you would want a Savior to swoop in and save us from this world and save us from ourselves, save us from those angry, divisive posts on social media, all the struggles and the fears and the, and the frustrations and the worries in our own lives. 
in some ways it makes us ask, where, oh, where, God, is your peace? I think it, it, it's no wonder that people are so uh, attracted to superhero movies. You know, Wonder Woman and Superman and Spider-Man and, <coughs> excuse me, the Black Panther. All of these superheroes who in the face of a difficult and tragic world and all these horrible things happening is going to swoop in and save us and set things right again. Of course, the only problem with those stories is that pretty soon you need the next Superman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Black Panther installment because the world just doesn't stay in a state of peace. But if you're reading these fire and brimstone passages of the end of time, you're paying attention, you will find that the writer will say, just as Second Peter does, strive to be found at peace. Strive to be found at peace is the command, is the urging, is the encouragement of the writer of Peter. And one has to ask, okay, what do you mean in the midst of all the gloom and doom to be found at peace? Of course, the, that biblical word, peace, if you go back to the, the Hebrew word shalom, it means much more than the absence or the end of sort of conflict and struggling. It also means this idea of healing and wholeness of things being the way they ought to be. We get all those images of the peaceable kingdom, almost as if it is a return to the Garden of Eden where all things are the way they ought to be as God intended. And in Jesus... So often he speaks of peace. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world does. My peace, the peace of God. He, he appears to the disciples after the resurrection and he says, peace be with you, healing and wholeness. And he breathes on them, receive the spirit, receive the gift of peace. In the midst of all these kinds of struggle and strife, the truth of the matter is that we have peace here and now. That in that babe born in the manger, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and yes, in his promise, that he will return, we already are offered the gift of peace as followers of Jesus. The only way that you and I can accept 
this gift of peace, to live this gift of peace, to let it grow in us and, and find strength in us is through our continual ability to open ourselves to the power of God, to give our lives again and again to God and to God's way. So often when we're worrying or we're fretting or we're afraid, we want to hold on to that. And God says to us, accept my peace. I give it as a gift. Let go of those things. Let the Spirit dwell in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. This peace is available to us now. And in many ways, Advent and Christmas are the perfect ways to remind us again and again of the gift of peace. Every time we gaze upon that baby in the manger and Mary and Joseph, when we see the star in the sky, when we sing Silent Night, every time we Look upon that Christmas season and the lights everywhere. We feel that sense of peace that everything is right with the world. And it should remind us that that gift of peace is here and now and ours no matter what we are facing, no matter what time of year it is, that manger is still there, the star is still in the sky, and the light continues to shine in the world. People of God, I don't know what it is that you might be going through this season what it is you might be feeling or the struggles or the fears and the worries, the resentments, the anger, whatever it is you're experiencing. Jesus is offering us the gift of peace, that sense that, yes, in spite of the world, God is making all things new again. And it is up to us to let ourselves be given day by day, minute by minute, again and again to the power of God in Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world. Come, Lord Jesus, come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Find it. That on this day, it would normally be our communion Sunday. It's hard. It's a struggle not to be gathered together to partake of the bread and the cup, to feel ourselves united in that grace of God, to receive the gifts. And yet, 
that the grace of God is here now for us to receive. And I pray that each of you now, in this moment, will open yourself. Holy God, in your gifts to us in Jesus Christ, fill us with your peace this season and cast out all those things that separate us from you. We receive your grace in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.